Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Tyson Saner! Saluta, as does me, Tyson Saner, your host for this and every other episode of Succotash Shut-In, formerly known as Succotash the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, for the foreseeable future. If this is your first time listening, thank you and welcome. This is a miniature form of Succotash the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, created by Mark Hershon, and we've been trading off hosting episodes since we reached our 200th episode, which closed out our third season over a month ago. Episode 205 was our first Chats variant of Succotash Shut-In and features a talk with soundcaster, improvisational comedy performer, author, and one of my favorite guests on this or any soundcast, Greg Proops. Why not give it a listen, if you've a mind to? Anyway, never start a sentence with anyway. So, I've got another Clips episode, because I haven't really been able to secure anyone for a short recorded chat yet, but I remain open to the concept. I have several people I'd be interested to talk to, so be on the listen out. I have three clips for you this week. I was thinking of theming the episode, but then abandoned that idea. I'll try again in the future. Or at least, I'll plan to try, but holy placeholder, can stuff change quickly and often. I've got clips from the Soundcast's Full Court Chat with Dave Schilling, Sensibly Cynical, and New Player Has Joined. This show is also fake-sponsored by Henderson's Pants and TrumpPoetry.com. Shall we? First up tonight, Full Court Chat with Dave Schilling by Dave Schilling, in which sports writer and journalist Dave Schilling from ESPN, Bleacher Report, The Ringer, and The Guardian sits down with the biggest names in sports and culture for in-depth, no-holds-barred conversation. The questions will be hard. The answers will be harder. This clip is from the episode from May 18th, 2020. See, it's first episode in which Dave Schilling interviews someone claiming to be Steve Bartman. Uh, For those of you who don't know who Steve Bartman is, it's in the description. It says, Absent-minded baseball fan Steve Bartman caught a foul ball in Game 6 of the 2003 National League Championship Series that cost the Chicago Cubs a chance to go to the World Series for the first time since 1945. That single moment changed the course of baseball history forever. Death threats, public shaming, and a life spent in hiding were Bartman's rewards for his brush with infamy. The scapegoat of the 2003 NLCS has never agreed to an interview, until now. Thanks to brilliant journalist and Best American Sports Writing Honorable Mention Award winner, Dave Schilling, uh, again his credits are given as the Bleacher Report, Grantland, and The Ringer now, Grantland is in there. Uh, the truth can finally be told. Okay. I was walking around Chicago, I was listening to music, I was enjoying myself, and I found myself getting pretty hungry. And I, when I get hungry, I like to eat food I like to snack and I felt like having popcorn and I was walking past Wrigley Field and I saw the lights and all the people and I said hey what's going on I said hey to a guy and the guy said it's a baseball game it's the it's the Cubs they're playing the Marlins 
for for the the major for the the World Series, and I said, okay, wow, do you think they got popcorn in there? And he said, yeah, yeah, of course they got popcorn, they got soda, they got hot dogs, everything. And I said, oh, there, do you think there's any more tickets? And he said, I don't know, you could try. So I went to the box office, and there was, wouldn't you believe it? There was one more ticket left, and I bought it, and it was, to my surprise, very good seats. And seat, it was a really good seat. It was all the way along the third baseline, and I sat there. I I loved it. I got my popcorn. I was eating. I was enjoying the game, just like everyone else. And I, like I said, I had my music in my ears. I was just enjoying just the the crowd and the air and the game and it was the eighth inning and I remember thinking oh boy you know I'm in such a good position to get a foul ball if they hit a foul ball I am ready to catch it because I have always loved baseball I have always loved foul balls and I am always ready for anything that life throws my way and let me tell you, I wasn't ready for what life threw my way that night. So leading up to the pitch, I was just sitting there going, hmm, and then all of a sudden, everybody's standing up, and I look up, and I see the ball. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, the ball is coming right to me. So I lift up my hands to catch the ball, and I catch it perfectly and it, I feel so good. And I'm thinking everybody's going to think I'm a hero. Everybody's going to love me. Everybody's going to be like, Hey, there's the guy who caught the foul ball. But that's not what happened because I sit back down and immediately the guy next to me starts saying something. I can't hear him. I take out my headphones and he says, nice going shit face. And I was like, maybe this guy's a, a Marlins fan because they were playing the Marlins. And then I'm looking on the big screen, the Jumbo TV, the Jumbotron, and, and they keep showing me catching the ball when I noticed something that made my heart drop into my stomach, my popcorn-filled stomach. I had blocked the guy, the Cubs guy, from Moises is his name from catching the ball and everybody was mad at me suddenly and I didn't know what to do so I'm sitting there just trying to play it off and I'm just looking at the ball and before I know it security comes to me and they say hey you gotta leave or you're gonna die and I said what and they said these people want to kill you you ruined the game you need to leave. So they escorted me out and I felt really bad. I wanted to cry, but I knew everybody was watching me. But if I cried, then everybody would be calling me Steve Bartman, a crybaby or something. So I didn't want to risk it. And I just tried to act cool like it wasn't my fault because I don't think it was my fault. If Moises wanted to catch the ball, he would have caught the ball but he didn't. I caught the ball. I should have been the hero for catching a foul ball without a glove. But that's not the way the people of Chicago saw it. 
Well, I mean, I I, I don't know. I, he Moises Alou uh, in 2008 said he wouldn't have caught it anyway. It had nothing to do with you. Uh, I, maybe maybe what you did wasn't so bad. I feel like you've been very hard on yourself for, for decades now. That's uh, what I've been trying to talk about. Nobody seems to want to remember when Moises, who is my friend now, we're very good friends, when he said, I wouldn't have caught the ball anyway. Now, I do actually uh, remember hearing about Steve Bartman, and I saw the 30 for 30 documentary that was him and uh, Bill Buckner were the subjects, and it was a uh, pretty interesting documentary about scapegoating that had been recommended to me by uh, Ethan Duttenmeyer of Combat Radio fame. Next up, Sensibly Cynical, in which it says, We talk about topics that are on the mind of the masses while taking the discussions to sensibly extreme levels. Sensibly extreme levels. Hmm. Uh, so this episode that's been clipped is from January 25th of 2020. I went back in time a bit because uh, the subject matter looked interesting to me. I like video games, so I chose the one that is called The Lore of Grand Theft Auto because at, I figured at the very least it would be some sort of meta joke if not an actual show that had to do with Grand Theft Auto. It, you know, it could go either way. I don't know. I never know when I crack open one of these soundcasts. So in this one, uh, I learned about uh, a soundcast called EXPCast, which I will be clipping in the future likely. So anyway, so host Sean is joined by Stoy from the EXPCast to talk about the legendary action-adventure video game series Grand Theft Auto. This iconic franchise took over the video game world in the late 90s and early 2000s and has developed a cult following even to present time. I'd say it's a bit larger than a cult following. I'm sorry, I shouldn't editorialize. They also talk the Pokemon Go phenomenon. Oh yeah, I used to play that. Resident Evil, started with four personally, and more. Turn back the clock with this amazing podcast. Yeah, totally. Yeah, It's a, it's a pretty fun episode if you like uh, people talking about Grand Theft Auto. Which, uh, you know, I don't actually hear a lot of, so I was glad to have a chance. Anyway, here's a, here's a, here's a piece. What's your thought on the, um, on the Fortnite craze? Like all the dances and stuff. I, do, you think that's, do you think that's like a long-term um, franchise? Or do you think it's a, like a, I would hate to say one-hit wonder, but do you see it being like a GTA where it just goes on for decades? Or do you see it like flaming out? Um, it's, it's made its mark. It's made its impact. There have well, yeah. been a lot of copycats that have come out recently. And they've kind of fizzled. They've kind of fizzled and died, a lot of them. Why do you think that um, is? Well, I think they want to try to copy the formula, but add something different, add their own style to it. Because, you know, Fortnite is, well, for one, it's free to play, you know, free to jump in. Um, it's it's addicting in nature, and I think that's what's drawing people in. What I find astonishing with it is, is people are, kids are playing Fortnite earlier than kids were playing Mortal Kombat. Like I've never like as I, you know I'm in the I'm in the school system you know I have a job in the school system and kids are coming around second grade first grade like doing doing dances you know doing the floss doing all the Fortnite dances and I'm like what is this first you know first graders playing Fortnite now why do you think that is yeah. do, do you think it's do you think it's is it first of all is it universal is it supposed to be played that young or is it just kids doing what we all did play games behind parents back or you know, I, I think nowadays there's nowadays there's so much good education for parents you know, to like know what their kids are playing. I, I didn't mean, mean obviously, now, you know. Now let me re, let me uh, rehash my statement there. I hope I didn't offend anybody. You know what I'm trying to say. I mean, back in the day, yes, people do. people would play games and everything, and their parents would have a hard time. The way I worded it was a little rough, but 
You get yeah, my point. No, 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 it's fine. I, I, I do get your point because, you know, I was trying to hide the fact that I was playing Mortal Kombat from my parents when I was a kid. Well, I mean, you who know, didn't? Who it, didn't? It was who a didn't? very hard thing to do. But. Who didn't? Like, and the same thing yeah. with, we can do the same thing with, we can do the same thing with TV. There's TV shows that we, Simpsons, I mean, I can go on. It's, then that's been yeah. going on since the probably 20s and 30s. 40s, you know, since oh, the yeah. 19, early 1900s, there were games and uh, and TV shows. I mean, how many people were wanting people to to watch, you know, the old uh, old westerns back in the day, you know, with guns and everything, and kids were watching those. So yeah, I want to say I want to say in the 70s there was substantial uh, news coming out that pinball games, pinball machines, were causing kids to act violently. Because they would really? congregate in arcades and bars and stuff like that to play pinball, and it's like, oh, these these gangs of kids are getting together, causing havoc. Trust me, I just did a podcast. Games. I just did a podcast about society being soft, so I don't yeah. need to. Yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, I, I don't need I, to rehash my thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, I'm with you on that because I think we're we kind of live in that outrage culture of. Uh, you know, Fortnite is pale in comparison to what Mortal Kombat was. Uh, even when Grand Theft Auto Three came out, like you, yeah. you remember, it was yep. on the news everywhere. You I know? do. And all, all people were talking about was like, you can beat up hookers after <laughs> you have your way with them, and yeah. then take their money. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you know, so that was making. I mean, there, there'll always be something. There'll yeah. Always be something. Yeah, and I think the pro- I think the problem is is the so- society's always trying to balance balance out you know if something happens in the news then society in general wants to balance it the other way using movies tvs i feel like entertainment gets used as a balancing to what happens in the real world does that make sense so if something happens if some fad or some games are the biggest entertainment right so i feel like that and people don't think about it that way they don't they think that oh society's getting soft which it is but there's reasons for that because violence is violence is so prevalent nowadays, you know, in the world. So people want to people want to be a little softer on entertainment because the world is so crazy, you know. Well, you also have my take on it, where um, parents expect their kids to be educated by mediums like entertainment, right? So when 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 you, they put their kids in front of a TV, they don't want their kids to play violent games or something like that because then. You know, parents have to do their due diligence afterwards to say, hey, you know, um, let's talk about this game that you're playing and how it's not a good idea to run around shooting people, you know, in real life. Um, So long as you instill good values in your kids, you shouldn't have to worry about it. But, you know, parents shouldn't expect video games, TV shows, movies, music to educate their kids. Mm -hmm. They're just entertainment. That's it. And you can listen to them on Stitcher and Podbean and Apple Podcasts. And other places that fine podcasts are purchased and uh, eventually eaten. Hello, friends, and welcome to the lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. Bill Haywatt here to tell you about the latest invention from Henderson's Pants, Summer Stock Slacks. Just like those amazing Broadway shows that leave the great white way to hit the road and make money off the rubes in the flyover states, Henderson's Summer Stock Pants look great on the outside, but they're really cheaply made, using the flimsiest of materials and very 
very little attention to detail. They look great on the outside from 20 feet away. Oh, but trust me, these suckers barely hold up past the first wearing. And by first wearing, I'm talking about the try-on in the dressing room. And once you wash them for the first time, you can just plan on throwing your brand new Henderson Summerstock slacks away. Ultra cheap to make, you'd think Henderson's would pass the savings on to you. But oh my goodness, no, these handsome but useless trousers are just as expensive as our top-of-the-line dress slacks. Originally designed for out-of-towners, yokels, and complete schlemiels, Anderson Summerstock slacks are available in little tourist shops wherever trinkets and tchotchkes are sold. That's Anderson's, makers of ephemeral garments and transitory togs since 1354. And now back to the unique permanence of Succotash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Oh, there's more. Yes, of course there is. This episode of Succotash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumpPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. TrumpPoetry.com. All right. Well, tonight's selection is from June the 1st, 2020. It's number 233. Oh, what a darkly strange four years we've had, all falling from the choices that were made. As one by one, we saw best hopes betrayed, unfolding like binge-watching Breaking Bad. It started with a wrong but simple goal, and starred a white man gifted as a liar who built and stoked his own self-serving fire that tragically ballooned out of control. Destruction came in waves and lives were lost. Good people saw their souls dragged through the mud, a trail of broken bones and spattered blood, for one who'd save himself at any cost. November, no more episodes remaining. This long ago stopped being entertaining. Right? Right. And finally tonight, new player has joined from Starburns Audio in which each episode explores the video games people love and why they love them. Why do we imprint hard on certain games, and how do those games imprint on us? Keith and Jesse chat with celebrities, game developers, industry pros, and some folks you'd never guess are into video games. So as you can see, I I had a bit of a theme going, kind of. uh, I tried to. I wanted to do three uh, video game-oriented shows, but uh, I will. I just, they're broken up over other episodes, so... It's just the nature of how I end up listening to shows and how much time I have. A little BTS action for you. Anyway, this clip is from episode May 19th, 2020. May 19th. Sorry. Uh, episode 131. And it's about Far Cry 4. And it says, uh, it says Far Cry 4 and then Keith and Jesse and then parentheses like father, like son. Now, if you've never played Far Cry 4, uh, the description of the episode says this much. Run from a rhino and learn how to use a bow and arrow real fast because Keith and Jesse are jumping into Far Cry 4. There will be drugs, there will be rocket launchers, and there will be a very eccentric fashion designer. All of this is true. I have played the game. I have not finished it yet, but I think I'm about 75% through it. Something like that. It's time for Weapon from Far Cry 4, the name of an American gladiator, or both. We did, we've done horses. We did race horses. We did race horses. 
I've done a done lot of what are these. Do you do a lot of what are these? I do a lot of this or that. <laughs> what did this sound like? This is a this or that or both. American Gladiators or Weapons from Far Cry 4 or yeah. both. You cool. ready? Do it. Buzzsaw. That's an American Gladiator. That is a weapon from Far Cry 4. And an American Gladiator. It Thank is not. You. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank you. Number two, Machete. That is a famous movie. <laughs> it is. And both. It is just a weapon from Damn Far Cry. Damn it! I know. There were no Latinos on... I know. On the oh, is, that what I'm, is that Is that is wrong? That, is that low-key? Is Am I wrong about I that? No I'm only envisioning white people and then maybe one giant black guy. Yeah. Am, am I wrong, ab- am I wrong about this? You what? might be right. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Number three, Nitro. Oh, that's definitely a wrestler. Or yeah. that's definitely a gladiator. It's both... Oh, There's a nitro. They call the flamethrower <laughs> nitro. No, it's a it's a shotgun. It's my oh. favorite weapon. It's so it's so overpowered. Oh, is that the one that like makes people fly? Yeah, basically? they explode yeah. backwards off the screen when you hit them with That's that. Cool. Number four, shredder. <laughs> I'm glad these are oh, difficult. Man, I can always tell if the sh- game is well thought out if it's difficult. Someone fucking I wouldn't doubt that because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right. was fucking big at the time. Yeah, let's go both. It's just a weapon. Number Damn five, it. Stinger. Stinger is both. Stinger is just a weapon. Damn it. Number six, Bull. Bull? Bull. B-U-L-L. Oh, Bull. Uh, that's it. That could be a shotgun or a guy from American Gladiators. Let's See? do both. It's just a weapon. Damn it. Number seven, Viper. Again, these are all white dudes <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> this is a gladiator. This is a gladiator. Number eight, Rebel. This is like a shitty pistol. <laughs> it's a gun. It's both. Oh, real? Yeah. Pistol's a lady. No. Rebel. Oh, Rebel. Sorry, I was thinking pistol. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Rebel. Uh, number Rebel? nine. Rebel, that's mm-hmm. boring. Who Isn't fucking it? chose that shit? Somebody's choosing, like, fire, and you chose that shit? Like, yeah, I don't... it was like, blaze. But again, remember that Malibu. I'm not going to follow the rules. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we just call those cheaters. Number nine, Trooper. Oh, yeah. Troopers uh, throwing tennis balls at people. That's a gladiator. That's a weapon. Number 10, <laughs> Warrior. Can you guys tell how much of this show I didn't watch? I watched <laughs> I watched the recom- the new... The, the, the remake? The remake. Did you watch it? No, I watched the original when I was a kid. I did, too. Not like a, not to be like, oh, man, I, I got to watch American Gladiator. No. Like, I, I saw it. No, I was too young. To we like- all watch Global Guts. That's all you got to know. Oh, so good. So good. So good. All right. Warrior. What you got, Keith? Warrior is uh, a gun. It is. Number t- number 11, Havoc. Havoc. <laughs> that is like a gladiator name, but mm-hmm. I don't think that was a 90s gladiator game. I'm doing gladiator's name. I'm doing a gun. It is a gladiator. Really? Number 12, Saber. That's a weapon. That is a gladiator. Number really? 13, Titan. Oh, God. <laughs> Guns suck. Guns suck. Like, re- like. <laughs> we got three Imagine more. Imagine talking this about this game with your friends. Oh, did you guys get the, did you guys get the Havoc? <laughs> oh, are, did, you guys get, did you guys get Nitro? These did are all the sidearm the- names, too. I love it. Because, we got- like, weren't they, like, they're, like, years? Like, whatever. Uh, Warrior? Titan. Titan? Titan's a purse. Titan's a gladiator. Yes, it is. Two more. Number 14, 87. That's a, that's, that's a gun. Yeah, it is. I just okay. seen if I could throw you in there. No, I was like, who the fuck would choose that? And number 15, Ripper. 
Okay. <laughs> realizing, Watching the wheels I'm, re- I'm realizing that gladiators' names are just what your uncle calls you when you're fishing. Yeah, that's Come why... Come here, Nitro! So many, Come on, Ripper! So many gladiators were sport and champ. Get over here, Tiger! Oh, man, Tiger, that would have been a good one. Uh, you're going up against Slugger! Both? It was a weapon. This has been weapon from Far Cry 4 or the name of an American gladiator or both. I remember the second one. They had this big Viking woman. She was just big. And they didn't think it through. And you could find them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, probably Podbay. I listen to them on on the Podbay app. I alternate between the Podbay app and the Laughable app. like to have options. Anyway. Ta-da! Another ending for another show. There's so very many soundcasts out there in the world, and we can only offer but a few at a time for you to sample, and that's going to have to be good enough for the time being. I hope you enjoyed their content alongside our content. I'll tell you, I never clip something that I didn't finish listening to, and I also often listen to more than one episode of a soundcast to get a feel for it, but that depends on how many episodes there are. (sighs) You know what? I can't imagine you want to hear me go on about my process of selecting clips, so I won't right now. I can tell you that I listen to everything submitted to the show, when that is done, using our Hightail link, which you will find on the blog, along with all the social media links and websites of the Soundcast featured within these audio walls. The blog, once again, is at www.succotashshow.com. That's S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H-S-H-O-W.com. And it's where you can find the entire show archive for the time being. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Skype at REVT23, that's RevT23, and you can find a YouTube channel that I post gaming videos on fairly regularly by typing Tyson Saner, T-O-S-O-N-S-A-N-E-R, into the search bar. As for this show, we'd really appreciate it if you rate and review if you have the time. It's a terrific way of showing support, and it helps spread our show around a bit, for which we would be eternally grateful. And of course, it's what we mean when we gently ask you to please Past the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants, TrumpPoetry.com, and imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> Laughable App, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at TYSON at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number 818 921 7212. That you can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash you slash Suckatash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Succotash. Goodbye. Goodbye.